Charting Toward Intimacy covers mature topics. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Charting Toward Intimacy, where we're expanding the conversation around Catholic sexuality. We're your hosts, Ellen and Kathleen. All right. Welcome back to another Charting Toward Intimacy episode. I'm Ellen. I'm Kathleen. And uh, today we are talking about the sacrament of matrimony and mass and their connection. We're going to talk a little bit about contraception. Um, and uh, yeah, we're, we're just really going to be diving into the, the analogy, really, in some ways, that marriage is for like the sacrament of the Eucharist. Um, and so we'll, yeah, we'll dive more into that. Um, but there I was say, a, I think, I think yeah, it's going to be a very ahead. Ellen heavy episode because Ellen's like really <laughs> the studied, uh, theologian more in all of this. So I'm kind of following Ellen's lead today and, uh, I'm excited to kind of dive in and connect all the dots even more through Ellen's. This guidance. is, <laughs> this is like a quote and theology heavy episode. We've yes. had a lot of like very practical episodes lately, I feel like. Yeah. And just I like real life living. And this this episode, like, I mean, I literally have a page and a half of quotes. And then yesterday I found more that I just like marked in my catechism, but like didn't put on this page. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 So there there's a lot. <laughs> Hey guys, before we uh, dive into this week's episode, I wanted to give you a little update on one of our partners. Um, we partner with a company called Mentionables. We absolutely love Mentionables and um, our coupon code recently changed. And so I figured this was as good a time as any to remind you about how awesome Mentionables is. Mentionables is a model free lingerie company. So you or your husband can uh, shop there without any concern of, you know, being a new occasion to sin or, uh, being uh, demoralizing to women who are modeling lingerie. Um, we love mentionables. They have really great pieces, um, and they're a ton of fun. Our code, um, is charting. It gets you 10% off. Uh, you can use the link in the show notes or use the code charting at checkout for 10% off. But I want to start, I want to start with this. I found this yesterday when I was reading the catechism and I was like, boom, actually like sent, I sent Kathleen and Marco Polo. I was like, I have to say this tomorrow. Um, okay. So this is uh, paragraph 1099. The spirit and the church cooperate to manifest Christ and his work of salvation in the liturgy, primarily in the Eucharist and by analogy in the other sacraments. So Basically, I mean, we, you've probably heard this before that the Eucharist is the source and summit of our faith. It absolutely mm -hmm. is. I'm not, I'm not like trying to argue that point. <laughs> absolutely. Is. I 100% <laughs> agree with that, right? That's doctrinal. And so, <laughs> um, all of the other sacraments are, are like building up toward the Eucharist. Mm -hmm. And therefore, we can find so many connections in, the other sacraments, um, to the Eucharist, but marriage in particular is kind of like, if you think of a pyramid, like think of like the old school food pyramid, um, where there was like all the bread at the bottom. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
that is marriage. Like marriage is like this foundational stone kind of, um, in, in a way, like I, just go with me here. <laughs> We're following. But, but marriage like fits in this, like, like things like build from this nuptial analogy is what I'm saying. Not that mm-hmm. like technically the sacrament of marriage is like some kind of foundational stone. That's our Lord Jesus Christ and God and like yeah. all that. But, but this analogy of marriage is where God builds for us, like our human understanding of the other sacraments. Like we are able to understand a little bit about God through the analogy of husband and wife and this this analogy of marriage and this analogy of the marital act itself as well. Um, and, and this is like what Ephesians five talks about with, um, you know, the, it, it talks about how the marriage of man and wife is a, a mystery in reference to Christ and his church. Um, and so we have this, this understanding of this marriage of Christ and his church. Yeah. I think that's, it is, it's like, you know, the entire point of life, right. It's to come to know and love and serve God. And the reason Christ laid down his life was for the church. So like we are looking forward to this, to this unity. And what is it that brings us that unity or gives us glimpses of that unity and really draws us to Christ in this earthly life are the sacraments, right? The graces mm-hmm. that we receive through the sacraments. So yeah, if that, that makes a ton of sense that that marital relationship images the relationship Christ has with his church, right? Mm-hmm. And so then built on top of that is all the ways the sacraments draws into Christ even further. That's a really beautiful thing to actually reflect on. Yeah. I mean, we could probably just stop there, right? Five minutes into the episode. Dumb. <laughs> yeah. When you like really think about it, you're just like, oh, wow. Feel That's free great. to just pause the episode and come back later when you need to. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, all right. Man. So, so sacraments all have this nuptial meaning, all of the sacraments. Um, we could draw this out of all the sacraments, but we're going to focus on the Eucharist and marriage and, and these connections, um, and then go right ahead and like ponder the other ones, um, on your own. I, I really yeah. encourage you to, mm-hmm. um, and read the, read the catechism points on the different sacraments, um, because that'll help you pull those out as well. Um, so this is also from the catechism, um, 1075 liturgical, liturgical, <laughs> catechesis aims to initiate people into the mystery of Christ by proceeding from the visible to the invisible, from the sign to the thing signified, from the sacraments to the mysteries. It has quotes on there. Um, so what a, what a sacrament is, is we're taking something that we can't see, that we can't understand that we cannot possibly even comprehend and putting it uh, think of like a think of a song like we we can't hear the key that it's in it, it's beyond our level mm-hmm. of hearing and so god transposes that key down to something that we can actually hear and appreciate um and understand and so yeah. the sacraments are are like god's grace transposed into a key that we can understand Um, 
let's throw another let's throw another quote at you. This is like um, Christopher West often says that this is like the the thesis statement of theology of the body. Um, It's just Mm -hmm. there's a powerhouse quote. You may have heard it before, but the body and in fact, only the body is capable of making visible what is invisible, the spiritual and the divine. It has been created to transfer into the visible reality of the world, the mystery hidden from eternity in God and thus be a sign of it. Whoa, those two quotes have a lot of the same words. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. So the sacraments are all bodily. They are not these like ephemeral, just, you know, prayers that we shoot up to heaven, um, invisible things that we can't see. There is a physicality to every sacrament and that is a necessary component of it. Mm -hmm. Um, Baptism has water. The the Eucharist has bread and wine. Marriage has sex. That is the physical, that's the physicality of the sacrament of marriage. Um, Mm -hmm. It's not you holding hands. It's, it's not you switching rings. Mm -hmm. Um, like, you know, the rings are blessed and, and it's still a part of the ceremony. Um, but from my understanding, you can get married without a ring, right? I think you can. Um, I think, maybe can. I mean, that's it. more like a, that's more of like a sign, like a symbol. A symbol. It's more of a symbol. Yeah. It's, yeah. I don't think it's necessary for mm. the sacrament. Um, right. So anyway, I'm trying to think. Don't quote marriage, me right? on that though. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Right. Well, and this is me just musing as well, but I'm trying to think through like, you know, one of the the really important, like you're saying, physical parts of almost every sacrament. Yeah. Every sacrament is the laying on of hands, right? Even in confession, that's like a very, but I'm trying to think back to the wedding. Like, is there, does the priest lay, he lays his hands over the couple's hands. Yeah. I mean, well, that's the same in confession though, too. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be physical in confession. Right, right, right. But it is like a, um, yeah, but well, it's like it's that brings sort us of to a really to think about. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, you're, that you're brings us to a really interesting ahead. point, though, because yeah. what is the la- the laying on of the hands of yes. the sacrament of Eucharist? Okay, so think back last time you went to mass. Hopefully, it wasn't that long ago. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hopefully, it was just like maybe yesterday. <laughs> if you're listening right. to this on a Monday, <laughs> um, maybe like a week ago, max. Hopefully. Right. Um, all right. When does the priest do this? Oh, you know what? You can't see. You can't. Right, if you're in our you're exclusive in community, community, then you can see. You can see what I'm doing. I'm sorry. So when um, exclusive community is only five dollars a month. If you want to see the full video, you get that in the exclusive. Shameless community. sales pitch. Um, <laughs> I totally forgot that. Oh my gosh. Okay, sorry guys. Um, so when does the priest lift his hands up and and like above? the gifts. <laughs> when does that yeah. happen? Um, when is there this laying on of the hands? It is at the epiclesis. Um, the, the epiclesis with a, the with epi- a the in now? front of it, yeah. <laughs> the epiclesis is, um, is the prayer, um, that calls upon the Holy spirit. Like, so with like a, the in front of it, there, there's a prayer called the epiclesis during master, mm-hmm. like in the Roman Missal. Um, I think it's still called the epiclesis in, uh, Eastern rites as well, actually. <laughs> um, 
it may have a slightly different K instead of a C maybe. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Typically. (laughs) But anyway, um, it is the part of the sacrament when the priest, he raises his hands over the gifts and calls upon the Holy spirit to make the gifts holy, to turn the bread and wine into the body and blood of Christ. Um, and the, um, the epiclesis has this wording in it, um, which it's not in, I just realized it's not actually in every Eucharistic prayer. Um, but most of them, (laughs) it Mm -hmm. says like, come upon these gifts, like the dew fall. Um, and I thought it was in all of them because like the priests at my parish are really into those prayers right now. Like those are the ones they're doing right now. So we've been hearing a lot of do do fall, um, lately. (laughs) Maybe you have too, but, um, you know, come upon these gifts, like the do fall. What is do fall? I'm like super excited. I, I love this. I love this connection. Um, if you're, if you're in the exclusive community, you're literally seeing me like kind of jump up. Yeah. <laughs> Ellen is physically True. excited about this. She is. There's some physicality going on here. Uh, Kathleen's just uh, along for the ride. <laughs> I love it. Okay. All right. All right. Let the Holy Spirit come upon these gifts like the dewfall. Um, dewfall makes plants fertile. Plants cannot reproduce without that daily dewfall of water that that turns the plants or it encourages the fertility of the plants. It it allows the fertility of the plants. Um, so the priest at the epiclesis is is literally saying like, let the Holy Spirit come upon these gifts and make them fertile right? Turn them into the body and blood of Christ. Christ was fertile. He was a fertile man, right? And and like, there are a lot of theologians who, who say things like, you know, like the son of God, Jesus was as much a man as like any man, right? He had that physical fertility, but like spiritually, he was the most fertile human because he was God and his fertility penetrated the world. Okay. So there's a really cool, there, another, another awesome quote. This is from a book called Mary, the church at the source. Um, and it's by Hans Urs von Balthazar, von Balthazar, <laughs> Balthazar <laughs> and, um, and Joseph Ratzinger, which, you know, became, uh, Benedict six Pope. We Benedict know him. The 16th. We know him. We know who he is. Yeah. Um, okay. So yeah. in receiving Holy communion, There is a person-to-person exchange, a coming of the one into the other. The living Lord gives himself to me, enters into me, and invites me to surrender myself to him. Whoa. That's Mm. like, mm. But let's think about marriage. In in the marital bed, I'm going to take this quote and change it a little bit. In the marital bed, there is a person-to-person exchange, a coming of the one into the other. The the husband gives himself to me, the bride, enters into me and invites me Mm. to surrender myself to him. It's the same thing. Go ahead. It is. 
And I, I just, I love, um, every time we read this quote, I love the use of the word invites. Um, mm. I think it's just so important. It's important, right? Like in, in regards to the marital like act, right? Like the marital relationship, how like nothing, even though you're married, right. And like things are like licit when they once were like, there's still an invitation that needs to be made. Like there's a, it's, there's never, no, nothing is ever done upon force. Mm, it always mm-hmm. has to be an invitation. And, and each time you enter into the act, right. There is an invitation. Yes. Um, and it's so good. Um, to, and to know as well, like in our relationship with Christ and, and Christ and his church, he invites us. He doesn't force us to himself, right? Mm-hmm. Like though he's God, he could do whatever he wanted. Like he still puts the ball in our court and invites us to surrender into himself, to come into himself, which is such a beautiful um, and really important thing to reflect on. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's a constant conversion of heart, right? That, that's that constant invitation from Jesus to open ourselves up to him. Okay. So yeah. let's go back to Epiclesis. So the Epiclesis is, is the name of the prayer um, that, that happens right there at the altar. However, every sacrament has an Epiclesis. It, it you know, it's not the, it's not like the name of a prayer, right? But it's basically like the high point, the peak, the, um, you know, you, you might say like maybe the orgasm (laughs) of the sacrament. And that might sound really crude. Like you might have been like, what did Ellen just say? Did she really go there? (laughs) Did she really just go there? I'm going to stand by that. (laughs) It's a bold claim. She's, it is. She's not backing down. I am not backing down from that. Um, there is a mystical connection between the epiclesis at mass and the orgasm in the bedroom. Mm. There is, I, I can't explain it fully. I don't even understand it fully, but Here's again from um, from the Catechism 1106. The epiclesis is at the heart of each sacramental celebration, most especially in the Eucharist, because, again, the Eucharist is that source and summit of our faith. We're we're building this. The spousal analogy is kind of coming from this, like, you know, the, the bottom of the food pyramid. Um. The, that bread section. Yeah. <laughs> back, back in the 90s when we thought we should eat like tons of bread. <laughs> the bread, the grains, the carbs. <laughs> um, you've got you've got marriage down here, and then you're making all the way up the dessert. The best part mm-hmm. is up there at the top, right? The yeah. wow! I didn't even think how like fabulous. That's a really <laughs> good analogy. Yeah, using the the old school food pyramid. Love it. it is. Um, the epiclesis is the calling of the Holy Spirit to make the gifts fertile. And this is like in, in marriage, we see this physical fertility, but I'm talking about a spiritual fertility. I'm Mm -hmm. talking about the interpenetration of the Holy spirit into our bodies. Um, there's Mm -hmm. a, there's a prayer that, um, I think it was mother Teresa, like prayed this with her, 
um, her order every day. It's called the fragrance prayer. And it, one of the lines Mm -hmm. in it is penetrate and possess my being so Mm -hmm. utterly that all my life may only be a radiance of you. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, this, this prayer of these celibate sisters is using the word penetrate. (laughs) That's intense. Yeah. St. Teresa of Avila, like when she had her mystical experience, like if you look at that, there's a, um, there's a beautiful like statue of St. Teresa of Avila, like in her, in this spiritual ecstasy. ecstasy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like, it's not far off from what your face looks like during orgasm. (laughs) Pretty darn close. I'm just calling it as it is, people. That's really funny. <laughs> and, you know, if this makes you uncomfortable, please know that you are not alone. Mm-hmm. I personally have been on an intense journey with all of this, with the theology of the body and and seeing these connections and understanding the how good the marital act is. And how incredibly it gives us this analogy for our spiritual life. But like, if you would not have heard these words from my mouth, even just a few years ago, right? Never. They would have never crossed my lips. I probably couldn't even say the word orgasm. (laughs) Right. I think it is maybe important to clarify that like with all this, like marriage and, you know, and the sexual act is an analogy. Yes. But it is not like, like God does not love us in a sexual manner. Does, right. Like, yes. I, yes. I don't know if I'm wording that correctly, but no, yeah, no, no, you're, like, yeah, you're we, spot on. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you want to elaborate on that, but it's. Yeah. God, God does not want a sexual relationship with us. Our sexual relationship with our spouse is an analogy for the relationship that God wants to have with us. And we can understand something of the relationship that God wants to have with us by reflecting on the sexual relationship that we have with our spouse. So the personalness, the like depth of the relationship, um, the joy, the, um, how good it feels like all of those things. God wants that for our relationship with him. Um, but even, even more so like the analogy of marriage is like just the tiniest, faintest, barely there foreshadowing of this relationship that God wants to have with us. Like, and so we have to make sure that we're not trying to place the like place marriage on top of God. Like God is placed the relationship that God wants to have with us is placed on top of marriage. Yeah. So we're yeah. looking up from marriage instead of looking down from right. marriage, if that yes. makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a great way to that's a great way to put it. Awesome. Okay. So the physical reality of sex is that the man enters into the woman and, you know, we'll use, we'll use the words that we've been using, right? Penetrates mm-hmm. and allows his fertility to enter into her and therefore 
making her fertile. And that fertility, sometimes, a lot of the time, most of the time, whatever, you know, can result Mm -hmm. in this physical manifestation of that shared fertility. Of course, not always going to happen. Right. But, but that is, that's like the physical reality. Let's talk about the spiritual reality of sex The we are imaging again, like don't place this image on top of God, like look from this image to God. We are imaging divine Trinitarian love in, in this gift of, or in this self gift and this full openness, um, and, and this love that just like, it like continues to give, because if we think about like the man gives his gift, right. The literal, literal gift, um, of the sperm, Mm -hmm. but like spiritually, he's like, he's, he's giving his gift of fertility. The woman accepts that gift and in accepting it becomes a self gift. And then the man in accepting her gift then gives himself even more fully, right? And and this just continues to spirate and spirate, and it should, right? And it's we're fallen humans. It doesn't always like continue in that perfect way. But that's the idea that we're imaging there. And the Trinity right. is this eternal spiration of love. Like the, you know, the father loves the son, the son accepts mm-hmm. that love, loves the father. And then the father accepts that love and loves the son even more. And, and it's just like on and on. And it's just, and it's expanding. You know, you think about like the universe expanding at the rate that it's expanding at right now. I mean, like there is a pretty good image of like this spiration of love of the, the father and the son and the the Trinity and, you know, Holy spirit is, is kind of that love it going in between the two. Um, like, so in the closest possible relationship that we can have here on earth with another human, we are imaging that relationship that God wants to have with each of us. That's, yeah. that's really what I'm trying to get to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think we've mentioned it in other episodes before too, that like with that spiration, you know, that it becomes almost impossible to see where one stops giving and Mm. the other starts receiving. They're so perfectly blended. And I love that idea. I love sitting and thinking on that because it is, it's just, they're so like consistent and, and, and blended, I guess that you can't even tell, you can't even like, you can't divvy it up. Like, Oh yeah, this is where they start giving and this is where they start receiving. And you know, it's like, it's just all perfectly melded together Absolutely. Um, which I think is something that we can really reflect on as, as married couples to really reflect, like, how can we image that, that seamless spiration in our own relationships? Right. And mm-hmm. I don't think we can ever make it that seamless, this side of heaven. However, no. <laughs> like how, how can we work to do that? You know, like what are ways that we can really continuously give and receive all at the same time? Um, yeah, I don't know. It's something that I like to sit and kind of think about. Um, Absolutely. Since we first so heard good. that. Yeah. So now in the last few minutes that we have, I want to talk about contraception a little bit. Mm, so yeah. so we've talked about this epiclesis of marriage being that point at which like the gift of fertility is bestowed, right? Yeah. So the man's orgasm, 
literally is, is that point. Um, contraception turns that epiclesis of marriage, that calling of the Holy spirit to fertilize the gift of man and woman. It turns it into the opposite. So when when contraception is used, it's as if the couples are saying, let the Holy Spirit, the giver, the Lord, the giver in life, not come into this relationship and let him not sanctify this act. Can you imagine being at mass and hearing the priest say that, that blasphemous heretical statement that absolutely Mm -hmm. evil statement. If he said, let the Holy spirit not come upon these gifts and let him not make them holy. Like that is how serious contraception is. Yeah. I mean, then that's, that's really it. That's all I wanted to say about contraception. That is, that like puts a whole different perspective on it. Like, you know, I think we're, we're so used to seeing it as like, you know, but the unity is good, right? So why can't good. we have the unity? Yeah, it is good. So why can't we have the unity if we have serious reason to avoid the procreate, the procreativity, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but that's a, such a different spin on it. it. It's just that that shows the reality of it, right? That it's like, yeah, our fertility is good and a gift and should be respected and honored in every act, regardless of of our family planning goals or where God's calling us in our family planning. Right. Right. Um, and this would this would also apply to like, for example, like the man getting a blowjob. Right. Like th- that's like the in mm-hmm. in this spiritual sense it's saying the same exact thing as using contraception. Like it's not, it's not a different issue. Like we're talking about the same, same exact issue here. And I think, I think a lot of times we're like, Oh, contraception, you know? Okay. Well, I don't use it, but like, it's just, it's not that big of a deal. You know, our, our church is broken. Yeah. Our church is broken, but like Mm -hmm. it is the issue Like, it's not just some secondary issue out there. Like, this is, like, we are desanctifying marriage with the use of contraception. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we feel that way. Like, we've just become so desensitized to the issue of contraception. Sorry, I've got someone playing blocks in the background here. If you're in the community, (laughs) you can see your cute little self right there there. um there she is um but we become so desensitized to the issue of contraception because it's become such a cultural norm and we have to remember that god is calling us to be in the world but not of the world right and told us ellen and i were just talking about this before we started recording told us that we would not be liked yeah that if we followed him we would not be popular like we wouldn't be the cool kids right um he told us that. And so, you know, in, in looking at an issue like contraception, we need to remember this, like, like this is such a good thing to help us come back to the heart of the issue, right? Mm -hmm. Through the desensitization that we've 
experienced as a result of living in the culture, mm-hmm. right? Like this is something we need to remember that, yeah, this is like essentially the priest at the altar saying, let the Holy Spirit not come into this relationship. And it gives us that new perspective, that that real, that reality perspective, honestly, mm-hmm. right? Um, when we when it's natural for us to feel so desensitized. Um, I think this was a really important thing that maybe somebody really needed to hear today. Yeah. Yeah. And if that was you, I really would love to hear from you. Like, please reach out to us on Instagram Mm -hmm. or send us an email. Like, um, we want to hear from you, like what your thoughts were about all of this. Cause I, I like, I recognize this is a lot headier than we've been lately on the podcast. Yeah. Um, and this might be some stuff that like you've never heard or like never even really like conceptualized or thought about. Um, so we would, we would love to hear from you. Thanks so much for listening. If you are not already following us on Instagram, be sure to check us out at charting toward intimacy. And if you listen to podcasts on a platform that gives you the option to rate or review, we'd love for you to do that because it helps us spread the word about the podcast. If you ever have questions, comments, or episode topic ideas, please reach out to us. We love to hear from you. You can reach out on Instagram or send us an email. Our email is in the show notes until next time.